Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So thank you guys for joining me for yet another week of another incredible story. Just a couple friendly reminders. Please um, share your feedback. Leave some reviews. Send me an email. Let me know how you feel about it. I would love to know. Please join the newsletter. We have some really great things coming. And if you are interested in being on the show or know anybody who would be interested, please send them my way. So all of that out of the way, I'm really excited about this episode. I connected with this individual and she was amazing. Um, We had such a great conversation and I was really excited to get her on the show. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Miss Tasha Wilson. Hey, Tasha. Hey. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. So appreciated. So like I said, we talked a little bit about your story before the show. I am super excited. So let's jump right into it. Yes, absolutely. So let's get all the logistical stuff out the way. So I am a native of the Eastern Shore of Maryland. It's a very small, tight-knit community where everyone knows either your grandparents, your parents, aunts, uncles, all of that. So There was nothing I really could hide, honestly, (laughs) growing up in that type of community, because Mm -hmm. if people would spot me, they knew exactly who my parents were. Um, And I am also a Maryland native. I just had to say that. I had to say it. Yes. uh, (laughs) I'm like, what? Eastern. Wait a minute. How is this? How do we not? This is crazy. So, yes. How do we not know this? I know. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Hold up. We got to stop. We got to, we got to have to say this. Right. No, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you, but I had to tell you. I I grew up in PG County. I grew up in like the the Bowie area. So, yeah. yeah. So, you understand. Okay. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All of that. So, I have an older brother who's, you know, four years older. And then I decided to move to Baltimore County for grad school and I stayed. So, you know, two different worlds, but yet still creates that balance that I need. And so outside of that, um, I am an author, international best-selling author. I have four books under my belt. I co-authored an anthology. I'm a speaker and um, I just try to create in make change all over the world. I'm just the type of person that feels like if there's one person who can make an impact, why not be me? So So has it always been a bed of roses? No. Um, You know, it took a lot of intentional inner work for me to get here, quite honestly. I think when people see me and then they see like the confidence and they hear the joy that I have, they think it's something that I've kind of mastered early on, but it actually took work. The backstory of my life has really been filled with a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, um, shame. Um, you know, growing up, I was a little sheltered a little bit, I would say. It was one of those situations where our parents kind of made sure that we knew right from wrong and kind of color within the lines, right? And then I get to college, I'm sexually assaulted, and my world is flipped upside oh, down. Um God. Yeah. So being 18 years old, um, dealing with the sexual assault from someone that I vaguely knew was very, 
disheartening for me. It really broke me down to the core that I lost my sense of self. I lost my identity and I forgot who Tasha was before the sexual assault experience. And so for me, learning how to navigate life again was very challenging. It was very hard. And there's no manual to teach you how to do that. And so for me, a lot of trial and error, (laughs) you know, and um, it's one of those things where one, you don't think it'll ever happen to you. And then when it does, Mm -hmm. you don't really have anyone to try to help you actually address how you're feeling or give you language to what's going on. So, (laughs) yeah. Especially as a woman, you really feel like there's so much stigma around, you know, sharing your story and sharing what happened to you. So there's so many, the shame, exactly what you're talking about. That is such an overarching theme, especially with something Mm -hmm. like that, that going through that trauma, that shame, it's, it's unbearable. It is. And I honestly carried that shame with me for 12 years after the sexual assault incident. So I hid behind my education I hid behind job opportunities. I hid behind the relationships that I've entertained. So always say that even though it was a different guy, they all had the same face because they had the same qualities and characteristics that I really shouldn't shouldn't have entertained, right? Mm -hmm, You know, it was just mm -hmm. one of those things where I consider myself to be damaged goods. And so going through the cycles, the negative thought cycles, going through all that, that whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. And I felt like I had too much baggage that no one would be able to handle it. And that's how I felt. So I felt like I was a detriment to anything that I would connect myself to. And so I eventually got exhausted. I eventually got tired of the same cycle. And I said enough was enough. And I said, if anything is going to create this change, it has to start with me. And so that meant unlearning behaviors, unlearning thoughts, and and doing things a little differently that made me uncomfortable. But yet I knew that it was necessary. Things like learning about yourself. When you were saying earlier about losing your sense of self in this traumatic event, like that is, again, a very large theme of sort of going through something so impactful and something that you can take on as a piece of yourself, as a piece of your personality. Like it's defining you, but you don't want it to pretty much. Like you feel sort of like helpless and out of control in terms of like trying to escape from this event, trying to escape from this thing that's like taking over your life basically. So it's like... Absolutely. How did you sort of come to this... I guess, this realization of needing to do this inner work? Because it takes a lot to be that honest with yourself. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, (laughs) And, you know, once you're so accustomed to navigating life one way, you don't realize the things that you're avoiding until you really face them head on. And so for me, the last relationship I was in, I just got tired of the same ending, Um, you know, something where I felt like I wasn't enough. And I got tired of feeling like that. And I'm just like, why am I trying to prove my worth or my value to someone else when I don't even know how to prove it to myself? And so I talked to my best friend and I was just like, I'm tired. I'm tired of living life with accepting the bare minimum when I know that there's more for me. Um, I'm tired of, you know, feeling like 
I don't have any desires or any hopes or achievements that I can accomplish because of this one experience that I've allowed to paralyze me for so long. And I told her, I said, I have no idea where to start. I don't know what to do. I need help. And so I think by me, you know, putting my pride aside and say, hey, I can't do this by myself. What do I need to do? I think that really opened the gateway for me to say, asking for help, looking for support is not a sign of weakness. And if anything, it's a sign of strength. So that that was my starting point. (laughs) Which is a narrative that we always or sort of convince ourselves of when we're going through like hard times. We're like, we don't want it. We can do this on our own. Like, and if we ask for help, you know, there has to be something wrong with us. That has to mean that we're not capable. We're not strong enough. Exactly what you're saying. There's this idea that you have to endure suffering mm-hmm. to equal strength. And, and I'm sure the shame also, again, the shame is always in everything though. So you're also ashamed to even be asking for the help because like, why do I even need, why am I even in such a place that I need to be reaching out to somebody else for help? Why can't I just shoulder this burden by myself? But community is so important. Like what, even reaching out to your best friend, like reaching out to your best friend, that is a, that's a pivotal step. It is so important. Mm-hmm. And then with that shame, you're trying to figure out who can I trust with this? That's not one, going to judge me, (laughs) and then two, hold space for me unapologetically. That's also important. The vulnerability or the the trusting, the ability to trust the person that you're with to show that vulnerability. That is hard too. What? I guess. What? (laughs) That is very difficult. (laughs) Like even like in any stage, like showing people being honest, like, I mean, being honest isn't necessarily difficult, but having to share parts of yourself that you yourself are kind of like, "Mm, I don't even like admitting these things to myself, let alone speaking with somebody else about it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. this is what, I mean, I big, big advocate of like therapy, mental health counselors, Mm -hmm. and that's not always affordable for people. So it's like, but reach out and connect with somebody just like you did. Connect with anybody, connect with your friends. What did your friend say when you kind of like opened up to her like that? Yeah. So, and this is why it's very important to be surrounded by people who know you. So know you when you're silent, know you when you're distant, but yet not prematurely approaching you as to why things are different. Right. And my best friend recognized that something was going on, but she didn't know exactly what it was. So she waited until I basically gave her permission to know oh, what was going that's on. That's a real one. Yeah, oh my she's God. legit. Yeah. Look, she's Thelma, I'm Louise. You know? Yeah. Oh, that is a C. Yeah. Like y'all are wreaking havoc together. That's what I like to see. I support yes. it all the way. I support it. Oh my gosh. So what sort of like steps and strategies did you use to sort of like start and get on your healing journey? Like what worked for you? What did you try? Because I know it's sort of a trial and error sort of period, trying to figure out what is going to work for you? Because not everything works for everybody, of course. Absolutely not. And I'm so glad you said that because um, I started off completely wrong. Um, I basically 
tried to do what social media said was appropriate oh, <laughs> for, yes. um, you know, the, the social media gurus. Shout yeah, out. Yeah. You know, there's so many experts. Get air quotes for, uh, for, for the people who yes. are just listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I was like, okay, let me start off with, you know, something like a bubble bath and, you know, kind of do all the light and fluffy stuff. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But, and it, again, it's nothing wrong with that if it works for you. But for me, I had to start within first and then look at the outside. And so for me, if I'm sitting here doing things to make my exterior look and feel good, the inside of me is still withdrawn. So I had to do things that really challenged me to do things that I normally wouldn't do. So my first step was I connected with a support group. I, you know, said, okay, who who else can identify what's going on? Even if our stories are not exactly parallel, they still can understand the amount of emotions that I am experiencing right now. They still understand that there's really not a timeline to get over it, you yeah. know, because sometimes people will tell you, oh, it's been 15 years. It's been 20 years. Why are you still having these oh, moments? Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Those are people you need to leave out of your life because absolutely. I healing, it's not like even saying healing, like I recently I've tried to not say that because it's it's not healing kind of implies there's an ending to it. When I feel like it's it's more like a a journey. It's more like you're Mm -hmm. trying to Create a life where you feel good, where you feel happy, where you feel safe, where you feel mm-hmm. nourished. And then also healing kind of implies like you're there's something wrong with you or, or something like that. And yeah. there's not. There you're you are taking the steps to be better, to start internally mm-hmm. and and live a better life for yourself. And group therapy is something like it like combines the sense of community, which I feel like in yeah. being seen which I feel like mm-hmm. is really important. But also like sharing with a group of literal strangers, you're like, okay, well, I mean, you don't know anybody I know, so it's yeah, not going to yeah. be that big of a deal. But how, what was that experience like? Was it, would you say that was like the most effective method for you to kind of like connect with similar people who are going through kind of like the same thing as you? It was scary. I'm not even oh, going to, yeah. you know, pretend. <laughs> um, you know, coming in and then trying to figure out how do I start, you know, with sharing my story? Where do I start? Right. And so mm-hmm. realizing that the only way I can start is to just do it, not really trying to calculate a method as to how I need to open up with one, how I'm feeling in that moment. And then Two, what do I do about it? And so once I saw that everyone else just kind of started talking and saying, you know, some days I'm sad or some days I'm angry or some days I'm frustrated. I'm like, okay, it normalized the journey for me. It was like, okay, because Mm. I was so quick to beat myself up and say, well, why are you still frustrated? Why are you still allowing the perpetrator to live rent free in your head And, and really recognizing that I need to give myself grace, you know, and a lot of times when you walk around with that shame and that guilt, it's like, do I even deserve grace? You know? So gosh. Yeah. I I mean, like, 
okay, first of all, being flexible in sort of your healing, your, not even your healing, like I said, being flexible in your process, period, mm-hmm. is so important too, because like being rigid with yourself and not giving yourself that grace, you're holding yourself to unrealistic expectations. You're trying to mm-hmm. be a version of yourself that, you know, you haven't done the work yet to be. And it's it's a good to be ambitious, but it's like, you should also have the ability to pivot, have the ability to try different things and not feel like, okay, this didn't work, then that's it. Then there must be something else. No, it's like trying different things. Like I'm a big advocate of basically trying all, whatever works for you, essentially, bottom line, whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what have you been doing like lately? What are you doing now? And what ways have you sort of like, has it manifested in your life? Like all of the inner work that you've done and everything like that? How, where have you arrived at at this, at this point in your life? Oh, yeah. So one key thing is to understand that your self-care may look different in whatever season you're in. And so it's kind of like when you've outgrown certain clothes, like it's not going to work anymore. So you got to try something new. So the flexibility is very important. And so like for me now, self-care looks like, you know, putting on my favorite movie that I've seen a gazillion times and acting like it's my first time watching yes. it. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. um, and, and being an introvert, just having time to myself and recharge my personal battery and knowing that I don't really have to always be on all the time or I don't always have to be around people all the time. So, you know, that that is important for me being able to know my limit when it comes to connecting and engaging with people. And I know that is so funny to say, but sometimes we have to understand even with community, you have to recognize your boundaries as well. So boundaries is self-care for me. Like I can't be around people literally all day long, 24 hours. Like I'm going to pass out. Like that's just not how I operate. (laughs) And, and knowing that it's, Okay, you know, um, because I always tell people if I can't be my full self, then I'm no good to me or you. So, oh, my God, that is so powerful that. Yes. So powerful and true. You cannot help. They say it all the time. If you cannot help yourself, how can you help other people? Pretty much. You have Mm -hmm. to be coming from a place where you are able to to give because it's not always like. Like you said, being an introvert, you can reach your limit pretty quickly. Like, and it's oh, yeah. like, I I got nothing else to give. I got to go home. <laughs> I got to get out of right. here. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to give right now. I am so sorry, you guys. But for my sake and your sake, you know, I'm going to have to skedaddle. And it's having the self-awareness, the wherewithal. And like mm-hmm. you said, having good enough people around you that you can say that, that you can be like, yeah. like, you know, guys, before I may not have, I may have been cool with this, but at this point in my life and this season, this, you know, I got to go home, you know, I'm tired. And it's simple yeah. as that, but that can still be hard because especially because you, you know, you still want to show up for the people in your life, but you also want to show up properly. You want to show up as your full self, fully engaged instead of like exactly feeling obligated. So Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is ah, this is absolutely okay. So as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you would say that's kind of like an overarching theme for your life? Anything you want to leave with the audience? Anything that you 
really want to impart that you feel like sort of encompasses your message? Absolutely. So uh, this is something I remind myself every day. So I am really huge on affirmative words. Like I have a whole affirmation wall um, (laughs) in my apartment. I always remind myself, and I think this would be a good message for the listeners, is um, to always remember that your life has purpose, your voice has value, and to embrace the greatness within. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, like all of that? A hundred percent? Yes. Like, yes. You, like, Tasha, you are, for, for the people listening, Tasha's literally glowing with greatness right now. It's <laughs> obvious. It's clear. It's just such a wonderful conversation. Tasha, thank you so much for coming on today. It's an absolute pleasure. Like I said, as soon as we talked, I was like, okay, like I got to get this girl on. You have shared such meaningful insights. You've been so raw and honest with my listeners. And I just know somebody is going to hear it. And again, feel heard, acknowledge, normalize, all of the things that we say are super important when we're going through this thing called life. So thank you so much, Tasha. I really appreciate it. And to my listeners, I hope that you love this episode just as much as I did. It's such a pleasure to share these with you, to share these stories from these wonderful people. Like I said, if you have any feedback, if you want to be on the show, feel free to send me a quick message. And to each and every one of you, as you know, I love you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. Planted.